Today, we're focusing on mobile app security and finding out exactly where your information is going. That's all coming up on the IT Pro TV podcast, starting right now. All right, hello and welcome to this episode of the IT Pro TV podcast. I'm Peter Van Rysdam, and we've got a couple of great guests with us today. We've been talking a lot in some recent episodes about cybersecurity in general, and today we're going to focus a little bit on the mobile side. And of course, I've got Dom Pizet in the studio, but also all the way from France, uh, we have Vivian Raoul, the CTO of Prodeo. And so, Vivian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for welcoming me to. Uh this, uh, this show. Of course. Now, uh, first of all, to, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about uh, about Pradeo and, and what you guys do? Uh, sure. So, um, Pradeo, we are a company um, dedicated to mobile security. We provide um, solutions to uh, um, protect our clients from uh, threats um, coming from, from the mobile. So, uh, from all the vectors uh, that can target a mobile device, um, attacks targeting the OS, the network, and especially um, coming from the, the mobile applications. Uh, so we have developed uh, a unique technology able to analyze the behaviors of, of apps, uh, reveal what uh, they are doing and uh, if they are compliant or not with uh, the security policy defined by the, the companies. And that kind of is a, is a great segue um, to what we want to talk about today. I know we, we came across uh, you guys because of a, a blog post you wrote specifically about the Uber app. And I think you just kind of picked that as an example, but of showing how when you think you're just contacting Uber, you're actually talking to a lot of different services out there. And um, so let's talk about that and specifically um, that, that blog post. And I will be able to bring it up here as well when we want to. But um, why is that something that should concern us? That that the apps that we're using are talking to um, other other services and other other servers out there. So what we what we want to uh, to show and uh, we we want to make people aware about the fact that um, applications are doing things on their their devices that uh, they are not aware of. So um, as you mentioned, Uber is is a, an example among uh, others. Uh, but it's uh, an example that helps a lot because uh, it's a, a, an application which is uh, largely uh, used uh, by by everyone. I mean, uh, I, I'm a uh, user of Uber myself, of course. And what we we want to show is that um, applications request some some permissions. They require the access to uh, to some data uh, to uh, to work, um, and we don't even think about it. We accept it, and uh, we let the application. Uh, run and, and uh, uh, do uh, whatever it is supposed to do. But in the background, um, many applications are doing things um, that uh, should be a concern for um, most people, especially regarding the privacy and uh, the retrieval of, of some data um, applications uh, may not have access to and may not uh, gather. Uh, we, we can um, wonder why these applications are uh, doing so. So that's what we wanted to uh, uh, to, to show uh, and, and reveal that um, some apps uh, are, are quite um, disrespectful regarding privacy. Now, I, I know this has been a, a growing problem recently because, uh, you know, if you think historically, right, that we all just used to use a, a regular computer, a desktop PC at your home, and uh, at 
at the end of the day, you'd turn it off. And so it was off a good bit of times and it didn't have a GPS. It wasn't something you carried with you. You left it in one place. And these mobile devices, we have them on us 24 hours a day. They're always on. They've got GPS. They've got network connectivity no matter where you go. So you have a, a lot more personal information stored inside of one of these devices, whether it's a personal phone or a corporate phone. And so I know that the, the risk of applications either intentionally or accidentally gathering way too much data has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger each year. And I think the, the, the big trend here is that more and more people are using mobile devices for regular computing than using regular PCs. So just for regular routine stuff, we're using our phones, we're using our iPads or tablets. And when these apps want to gather our data, they can pretty much gather what they want, right? Is that what you guys are finding is that the apps, they, they do have to ask for permission in a lot of cases, but people just blindly grant the permissions, don't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Because if, if you want to use the application, you, you have to uh, to accept uh, these uh, these permissions. So for for some applications and on on some mobile OS, uh, you can control what you allow or not. But allowing the access uh, to a permission doesn't say what the application will do with the, the permission. Is it uh, a, a simple local uh, reading? In this case, it's not uh, a real issue. Or is it retrieved um, by the application? Is it sent uh, towards uh, uh, servers um, overseas? Uh, you can't know about it uh, even by accepting these um, permissions. And that's something we uh, um, help companies with um, because our technology is able to reveal these, um, these behaviors. And I know sometimes they, they have these, these bad behaviors that are intentional and, and malicious, and sometimes it's kind of accidental. Uh, I was looking through the blog post, let me pull that back up. Uh, and as you guys dug through the Uber app, some of the, the, the report backs that it was doing, the service it was reaching out to, are ones that, that I, I kind of expect to see these days. And it, maybe that's a sad statement in and of itself. But, uh, you know, it, it reports back to PayPal because they, they do uh, accept PayPal as a form of payment. Uh, they do phone backs to doubleclick.net, you know, for advertising part of Google Ads, uh, as well as other information going to Google. And that's pretty benign. You know, we, we kind of expect that advertiser-type behavior to go on. But some of them are, are doing far worse and some are malicious but another example of one that's not so malicious i know the the dolphin web browser a few years ago uh, it was sending every url you typed back to a server overseas and they weren't doing it for malicious purposes they were doing it so that they could find out whether there was like a a magazine view or like a readable view they could display instead of the normal site to make it more mobile optimized so it was a, a good feature but the reality was they were sending every URL you clicked on to an overseas server and they weren't doing it in a secure manner. And that kind of stuff happens a, a lot. And if you had to guess, um, how many how many apps, or like what percentage of apps in the App Store right now phone home or, or reach out to remote servers like this? Oh, it's a large percentage of applications that um, have, um, uh, let's say, uh, access to, to data um, that could seem uh, a little too much, uh, let's say, regarding um, the um, uh, apps' purposes. Um, so I would say they are um, about 75% uh, of applications that are retrieving uh, data. So um, we are not telling that 75% uh, of apps are malicious. We differentiate um, these um, intrusive behaviors from uh, malicious behaviors. Uh, fortunately, malicious behaviors are um, much lower 
but um, we, we say that uh, almost uh, three applications out of four um, have uh, a retrieval of data which is um, pretty high. So depending on the context of the application, uh, something uh, which can be uh, normal for, let's say, a backup application, uh, backup, backup application that retrieves your, your pictures uh, to send it to a remote server, does it on purpose, and you know about it. Um, but what we say that most of these applications um, do it and you, you are not aware about it and you don't know why. So uh, the Dolphin example is, is a, a pretty good one because um, this is not mentioned uh, in the application that uh, every URL you, you will type uh, will be uh, retrieved and this is not something you could um, disable. So um, that's, uh, that's an issue if you have and, no control over it. And that kind of brings me to um, a question I had of, is this something we can do anything about as an, as an end user? It, it sounds like, like Don was saying, you have the choice of, do I accept, uh, you know, they want to access my contacts or they want to access uh, this or that. Uh, if I say no, then either I'm, I'm not getting the full features of the app or maybe the app doesn't even work at all. I, if I denied GPS, obviously Uber is going to have a difficult time, uh, for <laughs> example. So uh, is this just something to be aware of or is there something we should be doing as, as end users to protect ourselves? Uh, I think um, there is a lot to do um, regarding user awareness and um, tell users uh, about why uh, an application would need to uh, access some, some data. So um, the public stores um, have done work in, in this way, but it's not um, enough uh, to, be, uh, to be very precise about it. Uh, so what we um, aim to do, at least for, for companies, is to bring up visibility uh, on these uh, on these actions, um, in order to uh, know exactly what applications are doing and to authorize applications depending on uh, these um, these behaviors. Uh, for end users, um, I would say there is no way to be um, fully um, protected about about that um, if you don't have the the tools uh, allowing to give you information about what an app. Uh, is, is precisely doing on your on your device because again permissions um, are not sufficient to to know uh, what will be done with the the data uh, once the the application will have uh, the access to it. All right, now this is a it's a widespread problem, right? There's a, a ton of apps that are, are doing this, but let's let's talk about Uber specifically because I know that was the focus of the blog post and, and some of your findings there. Uh, there were some pretty interesting things, right? The phone home to Google, you know, maybe maybe not the most shocking there, uh, but I know you found that the app will on an Android device at least check to see if you're rooted, and if you are rooted, it can execute some commands. Were, were you able to determine what those commands were? Was that like a a Google safety net check or or what was that? Oh, it, it, it's, it's not, uh, in this case, um, malicious um, commands to say so, but uh, it's something that should not happen on a, on a, on a regular device. Um, checking if uh, a device is rooted is, is pretty common uh, in the, uh, the applications for different reasons. Um, and uh, most times it's uh, only for analytics purposes or uh, to send information into uh, crash reports. But uh, trying to execute commands uh, uh, with uh, elevated privileges um, is something which is quite uncommon and that shouldn't be found um, in, a, in a public applications which is not designed uh, for um, rooted uh, devices. 
All right, and uh, I know some of the other things that you you spotted. The one, uh, the big glaring one, is uh, that there were three OWASP vulnerabilities. And uh, for most of you who who deal with web application penetration testing, you've heard of the OWASP top ten, ten vulnerabilities that every developer should be aware of, and making sure that our apps are are protected from. And you would think an organization like Uber that has tons of of well. It, they make a good bit of money, but I think most of their, their <laughs> revenue comes from venture capital right now. But, but yeah. they certainly have revenue uh, that they would they would have an OWASP top 10 checklist. But you found where there were there were three vulnerabilities present in the app in its current state, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, something I, I would like to uh, to mention about it um, is that um, most of the time, um, the vulnerabilities or um, even the, the behavior or the retrieval of data um, do not always come from the, the proper code of the application, but also from third-party uh, libraries um, that are embedded into the application. So um, many developers check uh, their codes and um, are quite surprised when they, they see that we, we reveal uh, such uh, vulnerabilities. But many times it, it comes from uh, third-party libraries that they embed into the applications. Um, they don't own the source code, so they, they won't um, check it and they, they will trust uh, these libraries um, because they are widespread or edited by um, well-known um, developers. Um, but many times these uh, libraries uh, embed some things um, that uh, should not be found. Um, so in, in, the, in the case of, of Uber, um, these vulnerabilities have been found in, um, in these libraries and not in the proper code from, uh, from Uber. But at least it shows that um, these libraries are not uh, tested before the, the production. You know, that, that highlights a, a problem that we're, we're kind of going through with uh, not, not just mobile apps, but like Google Chrome extensions, where, uh, you know, a, a developer might choose to incorporate a third-party library because they can add features into their software quickly. They can do it without having to do a lot of rework or offer new functionality they wouldn't normally be able to do. And so they they license this this library, they incorporate it in their product. And they may test it out and everything looks great and everything's fine on day one. But over time, maybe whoever manages that library changes. They, they get bought out by another company. They, you know, they, they become less trustworthy. And if you're just blindly linking in their library, you could be bringing in an exploit. You could be bringing in an attack and not even knowing it right into your app that other people trust because they trust you. And in the Google Chrome extension world, we're finding that where malicious parties are going and buying the, the rights to an extension from developers. And as soon as they get it, they immediately inject uh, uh, the demographics and analytics tracking and, and ad display and, and all sorts of other things. And it wasn't the original developer's intent to do that. It's now this extra party that's kind of piggybacked onto the app and, and caused the problem. So I, I think that's going to become a bigger epidemic in the coming year. And and Don, this reminds me, uh, you know, the last podcast we actually uh, did before this one, we talked about the crack exploit in um, WPA2 and, and Raqqa. And uh, one of the things we talked about is how, uh, you know, Microsoft is able to get out in front of these with a, with a patch. But Android, for example, takes a lot longer to get those patches out and, and you don't have those updates quite as often. And so, uh, you know, talking about the the mobile space specifically here and and these apps, uh, you're you're maybe vulnerable for a, a longer period of time. Is that is that right? Well, I, I would think that you know with the with the app, the apps do get patched pretty pretty regular. I mean, I I probably pull ten to twenty updates for apps every 
every couple of days, it yeah. seems like, on an Android phone. Um, so if it's an app exploit, I think it's much easier to fix. But if it's an app that's incorporated with your phone, like bloatware, you know, you buy a new phone and it's got all this extra software loaded. Um, I know, uh, Vivian, for you, over in Europe, it's not such a big problem. But here in the U.S., when we buy a phone, I mean, it is loaded it's with all loaded. sorts yeah. of software. Especially in Android. Yeah. And, yeah, and you can't uninstall it unless you root the phone, which blows your security anyway. Um, those types of things, the, the exploits that happen in the core OS, that becomes a bigger problem. Have have you guys at, at Prodeo, have, have you seen... Uh, vulnerabilities or, or weaknesses like these in applications that are packaged with the phones? Yes, uh, yes, we have. So uh, we um, release uh, yearly studies um, about the security landscape um, of mobile applications. And um, we, um, we show figures um, about the, the security and behaviors of, of applications by categories, including um, native uh, applications um, that, that are um, in in the the ROM of the of the device when you when you buy it, um, and we we have the same in 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 Europe. So um, I won't say any names of <laughs> of manufacturers or nor applications, uh, but yeah, we we have um, we have seen uh, many of these uh, applications um, that that had um, very uh, strange behaviors, and for some uh, very low, fortunately, but for some we have. Um, detected quite malicious behaviors, um, like that uh, applications that were uh, literally uh, listening for everything you were doing on your on your device, uh, including the the keystrokes, the stored passwords, etc., that were sent um, to to some remote servers. Um, so that's a concern as well. So you know, for our viewers that are watching, you know, if, if you're a if you're just a regular, regular old end user, right? Not some security professional or, or whatever. Uh, there's, there's diligence that you can do, right? You can pay attention to the permissions that our apps are asking for. You can, you can say no to an app, believe it or not. Um, there's also a, a lot of, of scanning suites that are available in the, like the Android app store and, and to a lesser extent in the iOS app store. Uh, do you find that those scanning apps are effective at all? You know, the, the ones that uh, like Lookout Mobile, where they, they scan the apps to look for those advertiser libraries and, and callbacks, are those are those effective solutions for at least identifying these apps? I would say it's, it's better than uh, nothing, but um, the thing is uh, many of these security applications are checking for apps um, that are commonly known uh, as being uh, malware. So um, if they have been scanned um, into the labs and that uh, a signature has been uh, released um, like a, a classical antivirus for, for desktop, uh, it's pretty efficient. The problem comes when you have a, a new application which has never been um, analyzed, uh, for which the, the security solutions would say um, this application is safe because I don't know it, so by default um, I trust it. And it's no longer efficient um, because it's very easy to uh, develop an application and to uh, uh, release it um, either on public stores or on, on some other sources. So, uh, of course, the public stores are uh, sources that can be uh, more trusted uh, than an application you, you would find on uh, a third-party store or download it directly from uh, the, the Internet. So, the, the primary thing to do as a, an end user is to avoid uh, to install uh, applications coming from a, an unknown source. Um, but if you if you do so, uh, if you install an application coming from uh, a random server, 
uh, most of the security applications won't detect it because um, they rely uh, on signatures, on known malwares, and not on the, the behavioral um, analysis. And this is typically what we uh, um, what we do um, by systematically analyzing any applications we don't know yet in our uh, global database. So we are able to provide an answer within a few minutes after the installation of the first application on the on a device. Now, how are you guys able to do that? I know the the Android App Store and the iOS App Store they've got millions of apps, and there's there's just tens of thousands of apps being added every day. Most of which are garbage, right? You know, little tiny throwaway apps that, that nobody cares about. Uh, but there's just so many apps. You can't you can't possibly have human beings reverse engineering each. APK or, or whatever to, to look inside and, and identify that. So how at Purdue, how are you guys doing that? How are you basically analyzing each of these applications? Are you just doing it when your when your customers run them? Or are you actively going out and seeking all of these these applications? Uh, we do both actually. Uh, we um, crawl the source to uh, uh, retrieve applications, but uh, obviously we we cannot have in our database all the applications as soon as they are published or uh, updated. So we do that to make our uh, database grow and to have um, the quickest uh, answer when a, um, an application is installed on a device, but uh, we also do it on demand. That means when an application is installed on a device we protect, we will retrieve this application and um, analyze it. Uh, and on, on Android, we can do that directly on the device and directly retrieve the app, uh, which is sent to our uh, to our server. All right. So if we're just a regular end user, maybe maybe we can get by with a regular scanner or something simple like that. But if we're a business, if we're an enterprise, and we really want to to make sure that all of our phones are taken care of consistently and and securely, uh, you know, what what is your solution for that? Like, what what can Prodeo do for us? So we have uh, different um, services that are going to to. Uh, um, protect everything related to, to mobile security, but re regarding the protection of mobile devices, we um, propose the, the installation of uh, one agent, uh, one Prodeo agent, which controls everything that happens um, on the on the device, every uh, uh, system manipulation, um, any modification of uh, the system which is unauthorized, every, uh, that it controls every network connections, um, it scans the network to detect uh, network threats, and it scans the um, the application. So um, all the apps installed on the on the devices are systematically scanned um, and checked against uh, security policy that the client can define in order to automatically allow or not um, the um, the applications. So this is something we can do by ourselves um, by blocking applications um, at one time if they are uncompliant. And we also have. Uh, partnerships um, with um, EMM and MDM vendors, so uh, vendors that provide solutions to manage um, the devices in order to enforce um, specific policies on uncompliant devices. For instance, um, you could say uh, I, I will prevent users from accessing their corporate emails if uh, there is a rogue application on the device that can uh, have access to uh, sensitive data. And I, you, you may have answered my question a little bit there, but I was going to ask, it, you're not just, just providing a service to end users uh, you know, that, that are using a, a phone today, but 
it sounds like you're also providing some services to app developers out there so that they can maybe test their apps before they're out in the field or make sure that, um, like Don was saying before, that, that, that the services they're using aren't changing and, and falling into the hands of, of malicious actors. Absolutely. So the, the first service we uh, provide is the protection of mobile devices, but uh, we also provide two other services uh, more dedicated to, uh, to developers. The first one to scan um, the applications and make sure that um, it uh, doesn't contain uh, any um, critical vulnerability, that all the behaviors of the applications are compliant with what the application is uh, supposed to do. Um, as well as a service dedicated to um, critical apps protection as a, an SDK that can be embedded into the application to allow this app uh, to be aware of the environment where it is uh, running. Uh, so, uh, for instance, if you have a banking application, uh, it is possible from an external app to gain access to your, your credentials um, from different attacks, uh, screen loggers, key loggers, etc. With our SDK, the uh, app becomes aware um, of these uh, threats and it can adapt its own behavior um, according to the, the criticality of uh, the, the, these risks that um, are detected. Now, I, I wanted to ask a question that's a, a little bit kind of off the beaten path, but I was poking around on the website and uh, I noticed where you guys, and you mentioned how you have uh, uh, integrations with some other vendors that are out there. As, a, as an IT professional, when I hear oh, we've got this security solution and it's agent-based. I, I always get kind of frustrated. Like, how many agents can we run on an individual machine? Uh, but you guys have actually partnered with VMware and their AirWatch and, and a few other vendors that all have mobile device management or MDM. And uh, and even with like Samsung Knox, where the security sublayer is already there on the phone, you're just kind of piggybacking off it. So it, it makes it a lot more lightweight and easy to deploy. Um, for my own curiosity... Uh, how's that been for you guys? Have you been able to reach out to VMware and Samsung and get a good response? Have they been easy to work with and, and willing to incorporate security scanners like this? Or has that been a an uphill battle to get that kind of uh, enabled and in place? I, I think it's a great feature. I'm, I'm just curious uh, if you get pushback or whether the vendors are really, really looking for this. Oh, it, it hasn't been um, uh, very difficult because... Um, the demand um, comes from the from the market, and uh, uh, the MM vendors uh, are asked to um, add these these security features to uh, to their offers. So they are providing themselves some security features, um, such as um, in-app VPN, um, in-app wrapping, etc., uh, containerization. Um, but they they do not provide um, security. Um, mobile-based or uh, dedicated to um, applications. This is not um, the, the, in, in the framework of what they are uh, providing. So um, they are asked to, to work with uh, players which provide such um, features. So uh, the answer is no, it hasn't been uh, difficult. We were uh, well welcomed and it's a, um, a very, uh, very good channel to uh, um, to drain business, um, we, we rely a lot on, on these uh, partners uh, and um, till now the, the uh, biggest projects we, um, we, we have been working on um, are combined with these, uh, these players. Well, that's, that's good to hear. You know, I, I like to see that the industry as a whole is working towards a solution on this because it's just going to get worse and worse. And I, I, really, I really see like 
five years from now where the average person just doesn't have a regular laptop or a regular desktop. They just do everything on these mobile devices. The mobile apps are really going to be in the in the spotlight, and they have access to so much more information than a normal app that I think we really have to be proactive on this. So solutions like yours, solutions like what uh, Samsung and NVMware and the other companies are offering, I think they're all going to fit together to kind of create that safer environment. Yeah, and it, it really makes me think twice, too. I, th I know one of the features I, I thought was so cool when I first uh, used Uber app was I can take a photo of my uh, my credit card, and it just grabs all that information for me and and does that. And now I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, cancel all my credit cards. But <laughs> maybe it just makes you think, though, that uh, you know, just, just to, to be cognizant of, of what information you're sending and know that it's not just going to that, that trusted vendor that you um, – that, that have decided to download that app from, but it could be going to other places. So, you know, maybe in a case like that, you have to put in a credit card if you want to use the service, but um, maybe use PayPal then because you're um, not passing that that information necessarily over the network or, um, I don't know, it, it's just a matter of be aware of, of what things, uh, what information uh, is being shared and and what things you can and cannot uh, turn off in that app. It sounds like it's kind of the one of the best practices to do as an end user at this point. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much, uh, Vivian, for joining us today. Is there anything else you want to uh, touch on before we wrap up? Oh, I think uh, I'm good unless you have any uh, other questions. I think we've answered all of our questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if any of you guys out there want to learn more about Pradio and, and what their solutions are, you can always check out their website. It is uh, www.pradeo.com. And uh, be sure to check out their, their About Us page. You can learn about the company, and they are based out of, Beautiful France. Uh, wouldn't mind being there right now myself. Be there. But uh, definitely check them out. Uh, great solutions available. And thank you, uh, you know, Vivian, for doing the, the the blog post and kind of increasing awareness on this. I think it is really important we get that out there for people to check out. So uh, definitely make sure you swing by their website. Yeah, and, and rolling down the blog um, earlier, I saw like they have the the mobile application security guide for 2017. So that probably be an interesting read as well to uh, see what else is going out there in the, in the industry right now. But uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you uh, both of you for joining us, especially joining us all the way uh, from France. I know it's it's your afternoon already. So <laughs> thanks for joining us. And uh, for those of you watching, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast, uh, rate it uh, on whatever service you're using, be it iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Google Play Store. Um, and I guess now go ahead and scan those apps too and see, yeah. <laughs> see what information is being sent. Um, but, you know, th those ratings are what help us uh, move up in the App Store and, uh, and, and get this podcast out to more people. But for now, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. So stay tuned for more podcasts from us. But for now, we're going to go ahead and sign off. We'll see you next time.